You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. How's your week going? Any good trades? I think I had a pretty successful one. I traded some of my time and labor for a vinyl rabbit figure painted up to look like Venom from the comic books. A graphic novel, a Batman graphic novel written and illustrated by Sam Keith. And the Blu-ray set of the Firefly season. I've not seen Firefly yet, but a bunch of my friends say I must, so I will, now that I've got it. Thanks, Daryl. Okay, and with that, all I will say is I hope that you all had a good pride, and your weekend was glorious, and I hope that you have a lot of amazing plans for the long weekend. It's time for This Week in Buns. Hey guys, welcome to This Week in Buns. Hi guys. Back in person, in studio with Callie B. For the last time. Yeah, and then you're uh, off to sunny California. I'll be back, I'll be back, but... Yeah, yeah, well, I guess we should get down to business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's see what's going on this week. Well, I mean, I think the first big thing, obvious thing, is it's pride this week. It is. There's been some rainbow stuff, a trading. Yeah. Well, Riley Ray was looking for someone to help her make a custom shirt mm-hmm. for and it Pride. Worked out. Yeah, and she got one. A uh, she posted a photo of the finished product with uh, a rainbow ascot, some rainbow uh, suspenders, and a shirt that is embroidered "Femme Daddy." Yeah, and she got somebody like hand embroidered it for her. Very nice. I <laughs> hope that she was enjoying the parade and uh, didn't get too rained on. It's always nice to... I really like it when people... People don't do it that much anymore, but I really like the posts where people are like post their bun success stories. Yeah. I mean, you never really know what... Especially if you saw like the original ISO and you weren't sure if the person got what they wanted. Like I saw her post like ISO somebody to um, embroider the shirt for her. Yeah. So it was really nice to like see the final, see the final outfit. I well, like a good good ending. <laughs> do you have any other uh, pride um, themed? You know what? I don't think I do. I think I might have I'm one sorry. more. Let me just uh, scroll through this. I'm trying to do this on my phone, guys. Like I'm I did see... Um, letting you peek behind the curtain here. I did see like, you know, like a rainbow skirt and like people are like, you know, trading different stuff uh, right. for the parade. Yeah, but no. Not, I thought Not I, as much as I thought I would see, I think. I thought I had another one, but uh, it looks like I don't. I do have some interesting, some some interesting posts though. Um, I don't know. Did you see this one? Uh, it is a a wife is about to celebrate her first wedding anniversary, and they recently had a baby, so money is a little bit tight. Uh, she wants to plan a getaway, but she's being realistic and don't, doesn't think that she can afford it. So she says. 
I know this is a long shot, but I've seen miracles happen on buns before. ISO, a cottage cabin trailer to go to for our anniversary. The dates that were preferred were August 19th and 20th. And uh, she was willing to work out a trade. Good Including news. plumbing by her husband, which is actually a pretty good trade. Yeah. Uh, according to the update that I see here, there is a trade pending. Buns yes. is Someone the best. in the comments was like, oh, I have a cabin and it actually needs some plumbing done. And it was like, this is perfect for everybody. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, I guess. I love when those things work out. I hope that she enjoys her getaway. I could use a getaway. I mean, why don't you ask Buns for a cabin in the woods apparently it works out like yeah. oh i've seen this a few times which is pretty cool okay but i've never been to a cottage, cottage? yeah it's like a quintessential ontario thing and i grew up in bc um like, oh yeah that's crazy i'm going up uh, to a cottage for canada day weekend oh nice but i'm iso a wi-fi enabled cottage so that i can continue to <laughs> give you the podcast you need while i'm away on vacation which reminds me i don't know how I'll have to figure out some sort of wizardry for next weekend for podcast-related things. Oh, yeah, because you're going to be in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? What, what do you got on tap for us? Um, what else do I have? Um, maybe, I mean, this one's kind of a downer, uh, but it's important. So I want to talk about it at the top of the show. Uh, Annie posted on the Trading Zone um, a Toronto Police Service news release. Oh, I saw that. um, Saying that uh, they are heartbroken and devastated to report that their brother Roy was viciously attacked by a group uh, Saturday, June 17th, around 2 a.m. in the Devonshire and Bloor West area. Uh, He's suffering life-threatening injuries and is in critical condition fighting for his life. Um, she's looking for witnesses or anyone who knows anything about like maybe to identify people or if there is like somebody nearby. So please contact uh, Annie or the police if you happened to be around Devonshire. Devon, is it Devonshire or Devonshire? I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> um, around 2 a.m. If you know anything, please say something um, because they really need help with this one. Yeah, guys. Um, I don't even know what to say to that other than help out. Major bummer, but um, hopefully somebody will actually be able to help. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, my version of Toronto is so f- far removed from from people getting get, getting horribly beaten that uh, when I hear about these things, I'm like, oh, no. I know, it's shocking. So, I mean, it would be nice if, if anyone was around to kind of be able to help them out. And I mean, I'm not naive. I know these things happen. I just like don't like to believe that they do anyway uh well this is also kind of bad news but uh, a different (laughs) form of bad news um we have a bun here and this one is also kind of one that i can relate to here yana posts buns my friend's guitars were stolen please spread the word and keep your eyes peeled and then you know i see the the list and i'm like wow Uh, anyone who plays guitar i mean i'm gonna rattle off a bunch of things here for you and most people are gonna be like i know these names or whatever but if you play guitar you're gonna realize how devastating this is and i don't know how this happened because if i owned these things well i mean i own some of these things but they're under lock and key in my basement so i would like 
It just heartbreaks Devastated. me. Devastated. <laughs> 1964 Gibson ES335. Oh. 1959 Gibson Les Paul. Oh, no. 1967 Epiphone Casino. 1958 Fender Stratocaster. 2004 PRS, which is Paul Reed Smith Custom 22. 1969 Fender Stratocaster. A 2013 Les Paul Traditional. And a 2015 Les Paul Standard. Like, oof. That is That's painful. terrible. Yeah. That's, uh, that's also like are there photos in this what's that so people can help identify them if they like see them there's somewhere? a there's a photo of the guitars oh okay and each guitar has a bit more of a description than i listed out there but like i don't know that's it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like a hundred thousand dollars worth of guitars yeah, if those not are more worth a lot of money that sucks yeah that sucks a lot yana and your friend uh john penny I'm, uh, my heart goes out to you, man. All right. Well, I have another one. Let's get all the kind of sad posts out of the way. More sad posts. Well, this one's kind of, um, has like a sad story behind it, but it has the potential to skew happy if funds can come through. Um, so Sandra posted, hi, artsy buns. I've seen some epic pet portraits traded on here and would love to have one done for my sister's new home that she'll be moving into in August. Maximus, and there's a picture of a giant dog, <laughs> uh, hence the name. Uh, Maximus took his last breath surrounded by family at my home last night. Yeah. It was a difficult decision even for a vet tech to make, but he was recently diagnosed with inoperable lymphoma, and he was 12, which meant that chemotherapy was likely to kill him. To top it off, my sis lost her husband unexpectedly a year ago, and Max was their first baby. Maximus won't get to see the new home, but I know she'd love to see him on her wall. Name your trade. And then there's four pictures of this adorable dog um, and a bunch of bumps. Uh, but nobody has... There are no audience... Oh, sorry, not audience. There are no artists that have offered to do this yet. Uh, so if you do pet portraits or you know someone who does... I know there are lots of people that are, but I can't think of who they are to tag them. Yeah, we've talked about some before, but it's it's hard to keep it all straight. And you know what? I might... This, we, this post would probably be good in pet zone because i know there are a few people there that do that too mm -hmm. um but yeah so if you guys do like painted or like drawn pet portraits or you know somebody that does let sandra know uh this is in the main trading zone and we'll put the links up so hopefully we'll be able to get this get this done for her it's not a lot to ask for buns does this all the time but we need somebody good i believe in you buns i believe in you well speaking of good things this is not a lost item this is a pretty sweet costume, if you ask me. Alex says, Lego buns. I made these to wear for the first Lego movie and thought I'd use them all the time. I saw these. They are amazing. But actually, <laughs> haven't touched them since. Also, they're just plain full of memories. Who needs them? So what, what they are, and there's more to this post, but I'm not going to read out the whole thing. What they are are two excellently made lego heads they look perfect yeah if, if you want to dress up as like a lego person for whatever reason there is a female looking lego head mm -hmm. and by that i mean like eyelashes and lipstick and, yeah. and then there is one that has just the eyebrows and the mouth the unisex mm -hmm. uh, lego head so if that is up your alley hit up alex in the main trade zone they're pretty amazing yeah like that would be a really great halloween costume they look like professional legit like they look like you bought them from lego 
they're they're actually so good. And I feel like you you could actually like combine this with another costume and do like Lego Batman oh, or uh, Oh man, that's a great idea. Right? <laughs> Somebody scoop these up. Yeah. Um okay, well, so I have a fast one, but it's a found cat. Um so Denise posted a picture of like a very handsome ginger uh kitty with like a little white business on his chest um and green eyes. And said, PM me if you recognize this chubby cutie. No collar, but is really loving. Asking me for help to get home after that terrible thunderstorm the other night. So there's not a lot of, um, not a lot of info on the actual post. But they kind of explained that in the uh, comments that, like, there was a thunderstorm. So the cat was, like, hiding out in their backyard. And she wanted to see if it was anyone's cat so she could get it back to you if maybe it was, like, too scared by the thunder and then was disoriented and, like, didn't really know where it was. Right. Um, so people have been bumping this, but nobody really knows yet. Uh, she's going to get him scanned for a microchip, but some people are suggesting that maybe it's just a street kitty. Um, she says it's probably not because he looks like he's pampered. So, yeah. you're missing um, a very handsome, kind of chubby, little orangey cat. Uh, Not a lot of chubby street cat. cats. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Denise may have your cat <laughs> or know where it is. I'm not sure if she put him inside because the pictures are of him outside, but um, maybe bump this post and Speaking if of it's street your cat, cats, someone found it. This cat right here on the table with us in studio, his mom was a street cat. Aww. That we rescued and ended up being pregnant. So, so now we have Lager over here. He's so, lovely. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> somebody help find this cat uh, or help bring them back to their owner. Okay, let's see what else do what I have got? here. What you got? What you got? I have uh, Jessica. Oh no, Jerica. Sorry, my screen is very small as I'm doing this <laughs> on my cell phone and connecting to my pc so i apologize she hand makes baby clothes cute sizes half to four want your little girl to be the envy of everyone on the playground give me a message looking for gift cards toddler stuff etc etc and it is just like a little it looks like it was made out of i, I don't know some sort of old uh, marvel whoa no dc fabric and it is Batgirl, uh, Supergirl, and cool. Wonder Woman all I in like a little that, dress. It's a really cute little dress. It has like, it kind of has like uh, American flag Wonder Woman star thing on the t front. Yeah. And then like, that's really adorable. Yeah, it's great. So uh, if your little, little lady <laughs> uh, or little man needs a dress made, hit up Jerrica in the main trade zone. Um, so, did you uh, see the epic uh, fidget spinner story? Oh, the Bluetooth one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to read this entire thing because that's the reason why I'm covering it. Not just like, who cares? It's a fidget spinner. Yeah. But the post itself was amazing. So, Hannah posted okay, in just, the main trading zone. I feel like I have to... Uh, oh, no. You have one, Koji. <laughs> somebody got me one in my office because I... Um, you're just kind of cute and little. I was a guy who I just like, like that's less obnoxious. Constantly clicks the pen and like oh, and so they hate you. Does all the stuff. <laughs> I used to like flip a coin between my fingers and drop it on my desk like every five minutes or so. And so yeah, they hated me. They're like, you need something silent. And so they got me this. <laughs> that's actually kind of perfect. This metal one. 
Well, I feel like that's less obnoxious than this one, which plays music, which is ridiculous. Are you trying to record the sound of you spinning your fidget spinner? Yeah. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> All right. So the story here, Hannah posts, happy Saturday. Listen up. I got a story for y'all. I was on my morning stroll in my neighborhood, enjoying the sunshine on my calves and the nice dogs when I saw a lemonade stand up ahead. It's my policy to always stop for a lemonade stand if I have cash on me. Always down to support local businesses, you know? So this little ass girl has her jug of Minute Maid frozen pink lemonade ready. So I pull out my undisclosed dollar, undisclosed dollar bill amount bill to get one. Like, yo, I only got a undisclosed dollar amount bill on me. And she's fully prepared. Like, I got change. So I hand it over. And then she hits me with the, or I could keep your undisclosed dollar amount bill. And you could get one of these Bluetooth speaker fidget spinners I'm selling. Uh, happy face, happy face, happy face, happy face. Nice. And then my eyelashes fluttered silent goodbyes to my undisclosed dollar amount bill in her tiny hand as I considered this offer. Knowing that a fool and their money are soon fucking parted, but also visibly enticed by the selling skills of this youngin, uh, this, that this youngin possessed, this young mogul sealed the deal by complimenting my Hawaiian shirt and I couldn't bring myself to tear my undisclosed dollar amount bill out of her Claire's polished fingers graciously thanked and slightly more hydrated by my two-thirds cup of pink lemonade i was on my way it's not about the money because like i said i like shopping local but i don't really care to possess this heathen device iso3 tokens <laughs> nice uh and it's yeah bluetooth speaker fidget spinner which is like a ridiculous mashup of things that i kind of wish didn't exist to be quite honest yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I think mercifully the whole fidget spinner tr uh, craze is, is kind of dying out. It's got like so... Is it? I think so. There is an entire store in the Dufferin Mall called My Fidget Spinner. Really? Yes. And there's Whoa. nothing in it but fidget spinners. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Well, I like stopped and took a photo of it. <laughs> so I think that like wherever it like initially got big, like I guess Canada's a little bit behind on the times but in the states it's been huge for like a long time right well long time roughly like i would say based on internet posts at least like three or four months yeah um and it's like, like we've reached peak fidget spinner right it's just like <laughs> hit a point of pure oversaturation where you can literally stop in anywhere and get one yeah they're like in every dumb corner store. They come in every color. There's like flashy light ones. And so nobody wants them anymore, right? And apparently musical ones. Or like kids anyways. And so I think that it's I think that it's going to die out. Like pogs or any any of those other things that used to be, you know, crazy when we were kids. Or or those snap bracelets, right? Yeah. I mean pogs were like I loved fucking pogs. But you can't like play pogs really by yourself and they're not as portable. So people just like walk around like spinning these, which is fine, whatever. But you had a, uh, you must have had a snap really bracelet, right? Oh yeah, I fucking love those. But you like snap it on and then you wear it. Like yeah. I guess you kind of snap it over and over. I guess it was sort of fidgety. Yeah. I just find this one particularly obnoxious because I hate it when people play music out loud in public and it like Oh, that's the worst. Me. So on the subway, if you're oh, if you are a person man. who plays or music on the, the subway, yeah, well, like, I was on an airplane and somebody was watching a movie just with the sound up. Oh, I, that's happened and to I me. And I could hear it even though I had my headphones in and I was like, what is going on? It's and happened the, to like, me many no times. No one said anything. The like that, stewardesses what? didn't make them stop. That's crazy. Yeah, it was oh man, I just 
I hate it. <laughs> I can't do it. I was on a night bus in Vietnam, uh, like a sleeping bus. And at like six in the morning, this guy gets a phone call and like so loudly proceeds to speak for half an hour to whoever on the phone. I would have cut a bitch. But he's not, he's not just speaking to, this is the best part. He's not just speaking to them on the phone so you only hear his conversation. It was on speaker. speaker? Oh my God. Could you hear the whole thing? Oh yeah. What was he talking about? It was in Vietnamese. I oh, no okay, okay, okay. Never mind. But uh, anyway, if you do that, like don't. Yeah, don't do that. Stop doing that. Don't don't ever do that. Even just people's cell phone noises drive me crazy. Um. Anyway. Well, I got one for <laughs> driving things people crazy. All right. Angelo posts ISO a job. Why is it so goddamn hard to find a job in this city? Is this an entrepreneurial zone or just? No, this is main trade. Okay. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of people sympathizing. Uh, someone just posts. What kind of a job? Economy is a myth. Um, what kind of job does this guy want? Like, what's his expertise? Does it say? Is it just ISO a job? Yeah, no, it's just ISO a job. I just, That's I, I, just really, I, like, I'm sure McDonald's is hiring if you're just ISO a any job. Like. I just uh, read you the entirety of the post. I think the idea was just to vent his frustrations with the current um, sort of state of the market. All right. Well, I actually have a kind of related ones um, in actually Bun's employment and entrepreneurial zone. Um, and I, I haven't read through all this. There's like 276 comments, but I thought it was kind of interesting because last week we had a couple of like big conversation posts that were like, what rent do you pay where people were posting the size of their apartments, if anything's included and how much rent they paid. And that was really, uh, fascinating. And then the other one was like, do you wear your shoes inside or no? Which like, spoiler alert, all of Canadian, like all of Canada takes their shoes off when they come inside because they're not disgusting right. like Americans. Uh, but this one was, hey, Buns, let's talk about your income sources. And I don't make mean your main nine to five, but the stuff you do for a bit of dough after hours. You know, your side hustles. Who's got them? What do they look like? Do you hope to grow to them to the point where they become your primary source of income? Can the community support your effort in any way? Post them below. I'll post mine too. Um, so it was kind of cool like to see... There's 276 comments on this thing. And so oh, it's people... Oh, link me to that. I'm curious. Um, yeah, being like, oh, I make jewelry. And then it's like a picture of like beautiful rings. And then like her I, Instagram. And I think I'd like to maybe talk to some of these people on the show about their their side hustles. Yeah, man. Well, um, the uh, the links will theoretically be up in the Buns podcast zone. And I suck at posting them. Last week, I like made the list right away. And then I didn't want to post it before the show came out. And then I forgot to post it. Anyway, they're up now. I posted yeah. them today. Um, but I'll try to get these up because, yeah, this is a really cool post. You can sort of see all of the different things that people do. There's like people make swimsuits and lingerie. And people are makeup artists. And people are models. And... People make jewelry and it's pretty cool. Everyone's like linking their like websites and Instagrams and Etsy's. So yeah, tag. Yeah. Give me a it's, give me a tag. It's a pretty cool one on there, so I can see what's going on. Hey, I freelance podcast, so there <laughs> <Same>. you go. <laughs> yeah. I actually kidding. just kidding. You have like an entire like well, you're yeah, like a podcast mogul now. But there's uh, some companies who come to me who, who want like me to help them make shows. Oh, cool! Sort of, like, on the sly. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They won't be coming out on the Buns Podcast Network, but, uh, you know, they'll be around. That's really cool, though. I'm out of post for this week, so. I got a couple more. Speaking of side hustles, 
Um, Brian Donnelly, who I we have talked about on the show before, mm-hmm. um, does these amazing, and we don't usually use people's last names, but he's an artist, um, and you should look him up. His website is briandonnelly.org. Uh, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y and he does these amazing paintings I actually follow him on Instagram because I found him through buns and his paintings are really cool Uh, so he is ISO hair so his paintings are always um, like somebody's head and they're like interesting hair and he paints like realistically and then their face but then uh, their like eyes and face are melting into colors Oh, I did see this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're really cool. So um, he's trading beers for portrait models again. He does this every few months. uh, And he takes pictures of people and stocks up and then makes a bunch of paintings. And then he does it again. So he keeps posting the sun buns. Mm -hmm. Um, He's gotten a lot of responses. And he's already swamped uh, in overwhelming responses and says thank you. Um, But the original post was like, not to keep, just to photograph uh, ISO your hair. Was it, ori- it, <laughs> it was originally ISO your hair. Not to keep, just to photograph. Uh, I did this last summer and got overwhelming responses. So this summer I'm at it again. I'm a portrait painter and I need new models. Not so much your faces. They rarely survive in my work. I need your amazing hair that you're dying to be recognized for. This year I need braids of all types, braided pigtails, top knots, updos, bright colors. Or maybe you've just got hair I need to see because you're a fucking majestic unicorn. I'm open to new ideas, so show me what you got. Images attached are a few pieces from Bunzo's I worked with last year. Um, He like... So what he does is he gets a case of PBR. He gets people to like meet somewhere convenient. He takes your picture and gives you a beer. Um, Too bad I cut all my hair off. There's like a ton of responses in this. There's like 60 people. And I'm sure he got way more messages than that. Uh, So yeah... um, on, if you want to look at his stuff on Instagram, he is at B B B Ryan Donnelly. So it's three B's, Brian, uh, D O N N E L L Y. And his stuff is great. I, I like. I love yeah, very on my cool. Instagram and seeing his new paintings. Um, so yeah, those were cool. And then <clears throat> what else do I have? I have the pirate bed which was like what again not like so I love the posts that are like just a totally normal trade mm-hmm. it's like a captain's bed it's like a bed on a platform with like drawers okay right? yeah yeah so this person like made this captain's bed um but i love the posts that are like totally normal boring trade but the way the person writes it oh, is the, what yeah. makes it like noticeable the copy um so this one is like yar this here be a double captain's bed built with me on two hooks many a fine booty hath been plundered on this here vessel but it be time to move on to vaster seas Perfect for them Toronto apartments with little room and no storage. This old girl hath nine drawers to keep all your treasures and a grand bunker underneath to keep all your Legos and prisoners. Yar, teddy bear not included. Get your own first matey. Uh, And then like everyone in the comments was like also being pirates. (laughs) So it was just like kind of, I like it when people like make their boring trades like kind of fun. It's like a buns flash mob. By like writing weird stuff. Yeah. I like, uh, I'm a big fan of storage beds. We have a storage bed upstairs and uh, especially when I lived in the condo, I wouldn't have been able to get by without it. Yeah, they're great. Might as well put something under there. Um, mm, 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 mm. Okay, I got two more. Um, One that was posted like an hour ago. It is amazing. Chloe has a designed and hand knit by them. 100% wool size XL to 2XL whole sweater 
tank top. It's a tank top, but it's like a knit sweater. Oh, it's pretty dope, And on one side, though. it's purple and orange. And on one side, it says hole and has Courtney Love's entire face. Yeah. Knitted into the shirt. Not like sewn on, not painted. Yeah. Like she hand knit Courtney Love's fucking face into the shirt. And then the other side is like the Barbie doll with the mascara dripping down her face. And it says hole again on the back. Uh, this thing is like I don't how do you I don't how do you design and hand knit something like this it's amazing um so as of right now this is still up for trade because this is like a hot post <laughs> I should contact her to see if she can make me a, a similar sweater with Brit and Jermaine's face from uh Flight of the Concords probably on either side she's amazing <laughs> yeah this is pretty awesome this is an amazing an amazing thing uh so yeah i was i was really impressed by that we have some talented people in buns totally um and then the last post uh i've lost the actual so i when i see posts i save them on facebook and sometimes facebook um instead of saving the post itself will save the link on the post so i have the kijiji link for this but not the buns post but the buns post was like ah, and i tried to search for it and i can't find it maybe so it got taken I don't know down. If the, yeah i don't know if it got taken down or if they deleted it or what um but this was like a hot debate so someone was uh offering people to come watch the much music video awards on their balcony and they had posted on kijiji 50 dollars per person on buns they were asking a 50 dollar gift card per person um and it was literally like want to go to the mmvas my balcony overlooks ctv and i'm offering its use for the whole event i'm on the eighth floor the view is pretty solid uh the sound is incredible uh and it was just like you can order a pizza and like cook snacks and like have a bathroom with no line and there's like a whole thing on here and I, like from what i remember the buns post like most people were like upset and scandalized that this person was asking for right. $50 gift cards to sit on their balcony. What would you say is an appropriate amount? Like 10 or $15? Sure. Yeah. Or like bring me two bottles of wine. Like yeah. do a real trade and sure. not just be like bring me a $50 gift card. You well, know, but like... Yeah, even if it was a real trade though, $50 value seems, seems a little high to me. Yeah, especially for like, so there are, the person did include photos um, and the stage is pretty far away from their house. Like maybe if you had binoculars, you could kind of see the people, but you would mostly be just listening to it, mm -hmm. which like, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. But apparently people did it because after all of the controversy, this person posted and was like, oh, thanks for like the entertaining like drama on this post guys and thanks to the people who actually came and like brought me $50 gift cards so I guess people went and actually Wild. watched the MMVAs from this balcony well if you guys want to watch the MMVAs from my living room on my TV <laughs> I will charge you next to nothing and by next to nothing I mean nothing I mean that's a pretty good trade uh okay anything else um I do have one more. Someone, and this is fresh. Somebody posted this an, an hour ago. Charlotte posts at TLDR ISO a ride to see Kendrick Lamar in Quebec City July 6th, coming back July 9th, willing to offer ticket to see Kendrick in exchange. Whoa. Yeah. So they said, hey, Bonds, my partner in crime is obsessed with Kendrick Lamar, but tickets to see him in Toronto were too expensive. So we hatched a really clever plan to go see him in Quebec City. 
The not-so-clever part is that we forgot to look at travel options before booking everything. It's now become apparent that it'll either take a crazy combination of buses or a $400 train ticket to get us there, which kind of negates how cheap it was to buy the tickets in the first place. Right. Uh, ISO, anyone heading from Toronto to Quebec or nearby July 6th, coming back July 9th, or advice on how to do this? Um, they've checked rideshare websites with no luck and neither of them drive. Um, and they were like, or do you want to see Kendrick on the cheap or any other performer on this very awesome festival, which is the uh, 50 Festival d'Ete de Quebec? And they put like a link to the schedule here mm-hmm. if you want to check it out. Because um, they say the weekend we're going includes Anderson Pack, Melissa Etheridge, the Bar Brothers, Pink, the new pornographers. The weekend after is even more jam packed. We can't stay, but maybe you can. Maybe I can entice you with some kind of ticket trade. Get in touch and we'll figure something out. Um, so if you have a car and you're headed to around Quebec City uh, July 6th and you want to help out Charlotte, they would really appreciate it. I like that. This is on the main zone. So you can search for Charlotte and or I will put the links up. Um, hopefully they can actually get out there because otherwise, wah, wah. <laughs> Wouldn't mind seeing a little Kendrick Lamar. You have a car. Yeah, I just don't have the time, <laughs> unfortunately. So, I guess so, yeah, that, that's it for this week on Buns. That's been this week on Buns. Uh, stay tuned for an interview with a with a good friend of mine. And uh, until next time, keep on Bunsen. Peace. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at Buns.com. Interview this week is with entrepreneur artist and podcast host Andrew Patterson he also happens to be a good friend of mine and my co-host on you gotta love it he's got a bit of an interesting story and I think that uh, you'll all enjoy it if you ever wanted to know what it would be like to start your own creative agency podcast or freelance artistry I think you guys should listen up here is my interview with Andrew Hey guys, welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. Uh, my guest today is none other than my co-host on another Buns Podcast Network podcast, Andrew Patterson. Of you gotta love it, yeah. Fame. I thought for a second that you were gonna. Well, I was going to do I'd... the intro for you gotta love it when you are in setting that up. Yeah. Uh, so podcast.buns.com if you want to check it out. This is uh, a better know a podcast host segment here. I did one with uh, one of the hosts of the Pixels and Ink podcast. Okay. I have done a show previously with Vanessa of Crystal the Ballroom. Crystal Ballroom podcast. So now it's your turn. Oh, Steven has been on ISO as well. Host cool. of 2084. What took you so long to uh, get around to get me on here? Got to save the best for last. As considering I'm, we're recording so frequently. Yeah. My, fir- my first podcast, ours, you got to love it. Yeah. Of all the ones that we've done. So, you know, there is an extensive back catalog. If you like <laughs> watching people agonize over really bad um media 
and finding things to love about it, finding the positivity. Yeah, and gushing about things that are really cool that people recommended. Those yeah. Ba- those are basically the two polar. That is what our show is about. But let's find out what Andrew Patterson is about. Tell me, tell me a bit about Andrew. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up uh, just outside of Kingston, Ontario. Uh, I, was born, I was born here in Toronto. But uh, I grew up in a town called uh, Gananoque, um, which is the, the easiest way to describe it to people that don't know where it is. It's basically halfway between Toronto and Montreal. Okay. Kind of closer to Ottawa than it is to Toronto. Um, super small town. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, sorry, so distracted. There's just four baby raccoons just like right outside the window right now oh yeah this is my neighborhood is is literally raccoon city like people think toronto has a lot of raccoons i i promise you that this neighborhood is probably some of the highest densities of raccoons i cannot take the dog out for a walk in the evening they're being really adorable and just kind of rolling around and stuff anyway uh yeah so gananoque kingston ontario uh, i went to college at sheridan college Mm -hmm. in oakville so i was out in oakville for about seven years while uh, attending Sheridan for animation and then going back for illustration. And then I moved downtown as uh, so kind of like full circle Well, let's, over the course of three decades. Let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we'll get back to the illustration and Toronto sure. and all of that stuff because I know that those are big points for you. Mm. But, but let's talk about how does, because this is pre-internet, right? When you're living in Gananoque at first, obviously you're a kid. Initially, yeah. Yeah. How does somebody from Gananoque... Um, get into such because obs- like our our podcast is about obscure media, and I've known you for a long time, and I know that probably even before you went to school at Sheridan for the arts, you were into some stuff that most people weren't into. Because I was into music, and I live was lived in Toronto, mm. and I was into music that that I know that you're into, like Thursday and stuff like that. That at the time, people were like, "What the fuck is this?" Right. So like how, I mean, it was hard enough for me to find in a city. How, how did you like get into this stuff and like the whole art scene to begin with? That's a really good question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Uh, obviously I worked on it. Um, so, I mean, I think it's also actually part of a much larger conversation and something that kind of comes full circle with my art and the things I'm interested in now. But, um, you know, I, I grew up in a very small town, um, a mixed race. Uh, there's not a lot of mixed race kids or even just like visible minorities mm-hmm. uh, in Gan. And, um, and also I'm adopted um, and both both my parents are white. Um, but I, I didn't really like- And I, you're what, part Chinese, part Mexican? That's right. No, not, <laughs> uh, not even close. I'm uh, like, I guess Jamaican, Scottish, black, black and white. But, um, so I think without even realizing it as a kid, um, I didn't really identify with a particular ethnic group um, when I was growing up. Like, I didn't even really know. This is a lot of stuff that I've kind of come to realize as an adult. But one thing that I was really drawn to was uh, subcultures and like cultural movements that were not defined by, uh, you know, like racial history, things of that nature. So things that uh, as a generalization things that i point to a lot uh, like skateboarding uh, skateboarding yeah. culture hip-hop in like its purest the purest sense of the 
the word, you know, like four elements hip hop, not necessarily just rap music. Right, right. Uh, the punk scene, like there's a lot of the, like you could you could certainly point to groups within those subcultures that sure. very much put up barriers, but. Um, skateboarding is a really interesting one though because uh it's it, it there are i mean i'm sure a lot like a uh, people's first mindset initially is be like oh that's like some white guy shit or whatever like extreme mm-hmm. sports but like there's a huge you know like latin american oh yeah black asian yeah. like middle eastern yeah like it's it's really global and i'm not like I, when i was that young i wasn't even like i wasn't skateboarding i was into extreme sports like i liked snowboarding mountain biking stuff like that i wasn't i didn't hadn't really made it to skateboarding yet um but it just sort of to describe kind of i think what made me who i am today and why i'm interested in these things was because you know i kind of gravitated towards kids that were you know we were maybe like the nerds like we were really into video games and kind of one thing led to another so through publics you know i discovered anime very young because it was something that like you know and it was just sort of looking for things that were uh, that felt inclusive, not wasn't necessarily coming at it from the angle like I need to be different or like rebelling in any way. Right. It didn't feel like that at all. It was just the thing I didn't I had no time or patience for things that put up limitations. And again, when I was a child, I was not thinking these things right. at the time. But when I look back, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, you were at, at, at 14 having heady thoughts like, oh, yeah. I want to be a part of a community. Yeah, exactly. It's just I think that that's uh, you know it's a pretty natural uh, drive or sort of like instinctual. It's instinctual for people to want to belong to a group, right? Uh, and in a lot of cases, I think, in my personal opinion, and unfortunately, in a lot of cases, people uh, define themselves in ways that can be very alienating or exclusive um, right. to other groups, especially where race is concerned. But. Um, so in terms of just music, like growing up in a small place like that, I was almost more driven to find those things because um, even though I maybe didn't realize it at the time, I didn't necessarily fit in or maybe I was treated again, like just totally, not totally oblivious, but maybe I was just interpreting it in a different way. And so I was kind of driven to uh, the art world in particular, which I haven't really spoken a, a lot about. And I, I was always into drawing, Yeah, kind of had a, a natural uh talent I guess you'd say from like a very like I just I didn't really stop drawing from being you know I think a lot of people everybody draws when they're a little kid and some people just quit they just don't do it anymore but yeah so. I always used to draw all the time as a kid Ninja Turtles and I was Mega Man Ooh, oh yeah totally it's always yeah. like Mega Man or Ninja Turtles or like Sonic but or they something. Were, it was always bad like it was it never got better and so I was <laughs> like oh this is I just don't have a you know, they don't just, have the knack. No, yeah, I don't know. It's so yeah. It's a combination of things, though. I think. Uh, I mean, whatever. That's yeah. again. I could literally go on a tangent on almost probably anything that we talk about. So it's and, we'll and try to keep it fairly streamlined. You go to you go to art school and then end up at Sheridan for not illustration for uh, animation. animation. Yeah, classic animation. Yeah. Well, at that time it was kind of transitioning. It was like both. It was just animation period. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually wanted to be an animator from a very young age. That's something that I knew that I wanted to do. I was always super into Disney movies and yeah. then again learning about anime at a young, you know just very um, enamored of uh, comic books cartoons things of that nature and yeah, uh, yeah and I, I had a great time I'd say that it was a little it was a bit of a transitional time because uh, the program had just become four years so they were you know kind of figuring a lot of things out from a three-year to a four-year program um, 
made a, met a lot of cool people, made a lot of good friends, kind of like, I guess, d- discovered myself in a way, as most, most people, I think, tend to do going away to college. Right. And, uh, but you didn't become an animator. I didn't. No, I went, I did, I did, uh, two internships. I worked on, um, like a music video for, uh, Matthew Good. And then, uh, Oh really? Yeah. For while we were hunting rabbits. Cool. Uh, with a group of, uh, of friends that was for like a third year internship. And then I did an internship and worked a little bit at a studio called pipeline on a TV show called grossology at like a very junior level. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I kind of, it was just one of those things where in execution, I just wasn't, I was having a good time doing it mm-hmm. and I still have, I love animation still and I'm passionate about it. But, um, as cliche as it sounds, if you talk to a lot of animators, I feel f- would say the same thing, but I, um, I was really into the idea of like traditional animation and I found, uh, I didn't do very well with CG and things that require like with CG animation, Gotta move uh, through Japan, bro. D- yeah, tell me about it. Uh, if only, if only they'd have me. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they don't, they don't want none of that, unless I'm bringing something really amazing to the table. But yeah, anyway, it just wasn't for me, so I went back to school for illustration, focus on the static image. And what, what, what did that uh, take you to? Because I feel like I can see the progression from you know, from art animator to. Like oh yeah okay so I'm a I'm a decent artist I can't really apply this trade the way that I want to so I'm just gonna stick to like you said the static image continue yeah. to make art and then then what happened uh, well I I so I made a lot of friends that were actually illustrators while I was in animation mm-hmm. and I started working with some of them at the Sheridan Student Union and uh, I think just meeting people man just meeting a lot of people so I went back to school for illustration. Uh, you know, made a lot of great friends. Most, m- most, if not all of my uh, sort of closest social circles are uh, grads from illustration. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple we've had on the, on You Gotta Love It, uh, Daryl Graham, of course, anybody that listens to many of your podcasts would probably recognize yeah. that name from one or two, but... Um, Nimit as well. Has Nimit. Has been on a bunch Nimit, of them. Bennett. Bennett's Dave Murray, later, yeah. I'm not sure if Dave's been on here, but anyway, just a bunch of illustr- illustrator guys, a lot of artists, um... And yeah, I don't know. I, I became kind of a little bit more fascinated with graphic design, uh, which is sort of was a little bit my focus uh, while I was in illustration, but I was by no means good at it. Like yeah. I was just doing some really amateur level shit, like real Bush League stuff. But <laughs> uh, and that kind of led me to uh, working in the sort of agency world, creative agencies, marketing agencies, um, doing like honestly a little bit of everything. So it was kind of like, looking back now talking about it in this sort of like really bounced around to a lot of different area creative fields in a relatively short amount of time right um and this one seems to be sticking though yeah definitely it um i I think it's just it's something i'm passionate about but it's just distanced enough from my other passions such as painting and animation that i let like there's also like a, a level of practicality yeah to it you know, because yeah. like it, I, I mean, not that that like, because I mean, most people who listen to this know that I was and am a musician, mm-hmm. but you know, the dream of going on tour and living a life playing music, 
not only am I like, well, you know, maybe that's not going to happen, but also knowing people who do it and seeing the realities of it, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. So it's not, you know, and even having experienced bits and pieces of it, it's not as glamorous as you think it would be. Yeah. And so you're, I think naturally your mind goes to a place where you're like, okay, I have certain sets of skills. Mm-hmm. How can I use them in a way that will suit my life, but sort of fit into you know what I'm doing now and and you know make some money or whatever it is mm-hmm. how can I make a living off of these things that doesn't involve um you know eating cans of tuna and like being all about the art man yeah 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 right it's, yeah it's, I mean that's really what it comes you know down. what it's and it's great because I've you know I know a lot of people that have lived that life and make have made it work and a lot of people that maybe weren't able to make it work so well yeah um and I don't know, man. That's like, that's just part of the journey. Like everybody's got a different, I, I for one definitely made that decision where I was like, you know what? Like, um, but you still make art. I still make art. And that's and the funny thing is that as actually part of sort of my struggle now with my personal practice, with my personal art is that I come from, I'm coming from a place where I went to like six years of commercial art school where I was learning art to make money. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, worked in kind of steeped in the agency world, for a couple years and then uh ended up quitting one agency i i like learned a lot there and then i freelanced for a while and then started my own uh agency um with uh with my good friend lucas de clavacio and uh and we're now in our fifth year but like i don't know man it's it, it, but it's not like you're, it you influences my personal art in that i will start I'll have ideas that I'll sketch out or I'll start a painting or I'll start a piece, whatever it may be thinking one thing, but then it's hard for me to not consider the aesthetic value and the commercial side of things and how people are going to view it. And it kind of clouds my Mm. expression a little bit. Sure. Um, which is like a very, you know, I, I recognize the privilege of, you know, like the, it's kind of like a, Oh, like boo hoo, but it, you know, if we're talking about my personal art, it's something that I do sort of grapple with. Um, and especially right now, something that I'm really trying to sort of break free of yeah, and separate the two things because... You'd think it would be easier now because you you are... Like, you have this job that, that provides a living for you and you you are able to create commercially successful, you know, mm-hmm. things... So you think it would be easier to be like, okay, well, I have that. That's already like that box is checked. So I'm just going to like, you know, do some crazy shit on this canvas and who fuck that other stuff. Yeah. Well, I think it just has taken a long time for that to percolate to the, you know, and that's sort of the realization that I've had relatively recently. Right. Is just sort of, uh, you know, starting your own business. Like you, it takes a lot of your focus and your time and energy and, uh, is something that seems so obvious now in retrospect it took you know like it took me and also it wasn't always easy like when you know it took us a while to sort of um gain some momentum so there was still definitely a starving artist period even with creating creating our own business but right definitely now i'm just kind of like yeah you know what like i don't i don't need to be making this I don't need to be making this for anybody else. I want to make it for other people, but more as a way to communicate with other people mm-hmm. in like a very specific environment as opposed to making things 
that are trying to communicate something, but really focusing on trying to make them look cool. You know, right. like it's. I, don't get me wrong. I love cool looking things, and I do think that that it is an important aspect of of artwork. But yeah. yeah, it's. I don't know. So it's weird. It's a. It's like an interesting sort of crossroads or parallel roads. I guess I find myself at because they're not really. But so now you're not just worrying about art and illustrated illustration related things because you just said that you have your own business so like i imagine part of your time is now focused on non-art functions of running that business yeah yeah absolutely how do you <laughs> but like you didn't you didn't like you're just figuring it out as you go i well, guess right because it's not something that you learned in school or that you experienced previously right yeah it's so it's kind of something that um I think that um, most, as a generalization, totally just potentially talking out of my ass here, but in my experience, uh, for better or for worse, most creative people have a certain degree of entitlement. Like, they don't necessarily have to be arrogant, but there's just something that comes with creating things where you, you know, and so, uh, you know, when I was younger, working at agencies, I had a lot of frustrations that are very common I have found in creative industries and particularly in marketing a lot of gripes that the creative department or production or various people have um, versus sort of well we'll draw there's more there's more to it than just accounts and creative but let's just say accounts and creative um, it's been happening since long before I was born and it will probably continue to happen long after we're all dust but right. um, those things kind of drove me to question my ability to do the things that were being taken out of my control so right. for example i was just sort of like you know i was frustrated frequently or i felt that stuff that i was working on or things that i would get myself fired up to work on and create good work were maybe not being communicated in a way that the work deserved and so that's kind of where it starts and then you start noticing all these little things and i don't think that every i certainly don't think that every creative person is like built to do the work that say an accounts person would do, right. which, which is valuable. Like, of course is like a valuable skill set to have, but I just personally was like, yo, I can fucking do this. And so, uh, you know, and then I freelanced at a number of these places and it, it yeah. really only cemented my feel. Like it wasn't like, Oh, okay. Maybe it was just this one place. I was like, Oh, okay. Like I feel like I could do this and it has been a hell of a learning experience. And, you know, it's all about learning what you basically what you can't do, what you're good at, what you need somebody. You know, that's like where the the team aspect comes in. But yeah. um, you know, Lucas and I kind of both felt the same way, and we figured that at that point, uh, I, I was freelancing, and he was working full time, and we were just like, you know, like we don't really have anything to lose at this point in our lives. Like this is the time to kind of do it. And we took the leap, and it has been a constant. You know, I'm doing. You know, sometimes I'm doing things that I don't want to be doing. That, right. Uh, you know, at some point in the future, um, as we continue to grow our business, we can bring somebody else in where that's their specialty. But, uh, you know, making it at least as far as we have, I think that it has demonstrated that the two of us and the people that we now work with and the people that we brought in to work with us are all people who are capable of bridging that gap. So, OK, I have a question, though, because clearly now you have people working for you or with you or whatever. Mm hmm. But there must be times when they bring work to you and, and you sell it to the client or whatever. And they're probably thinking to themselves like, oh, no, this is not like 
the same way that you were when oh sure yeah right? so how do how like now you see the other side of it do you still feel the same way as you did uh, way I, back when i think the benefit of seeing both sides of it is just understanding the importance of communication mm -hmm. and i think that the one area where we kind of benefit um over a lot of the places i've worked is that i do feel like i feel like there's almost like two types of and they're both good at different things of course yeah i'm not throwing any shade but like there's creative agencies that are run by creative types and there are creative agencies that are run by like facilitators and people who are very good at networking basically people that are they're run by the accounts type yeah and i think for us it was very important to create an environment where um as we grow people feel like they can air those grievances and we can have very candid conversations about it at least you know as we stay small because we understand where they're coming from to an extent yeah um which sounds like a lot of fucking but did you ever have like an aha moment as an example oh yeah yeah like, i was a kid you know maybe 16 or something and i was like fuck all this you know it's all bullshit i even wrote this whole thing about how i was gonna grow up and just like I don't know. Just be an what, anarchist punk rock. What I what I was gonna do? I was gonna live in the city in, in a tiny apartment and fucking just have tattoos and smoke cigarettes or whatever <laughs> whatever it was I was gonna do. But I knew for sure at that point I'm like I'm not gonna get a house and have two and a half kids and a white picket fence and all this shit. And here I am in a house with a, with literally a white picket fence. Yeah. Right. And I mm -hmm. and I look back on it. And I'm like, oh, I see. Right. Every so day. Yeah. Every day. That and that's just life. I think that's like the the that's like the great comedy the you know like at almost i feel like every stage of your life there but are people so, who are older than you that are like nah like you don't get it and you're like no you don't get it and right. then flash forward five years and you're like still saying that about different things to the people five years uh, like ahead of you and five years younger than you so so how do you communicate to the people that you bring on that like you know your side of things now that you've gone through it how do you like be better than the people that that you were dealing with not that the people that you were dealing with are bad but like how do you you know illustrate yourself a little clearer i don't know it's it's tough uh i think it's situational but like you know it's a, it's a, you just kind of have to speak to your experience you have to find the commonality you know like be like okay you're a creative like you're an artist i'm an artist right now we're taking different positions like right now you know maybe i'm your client so to speak and and you're doing the work for me um these are the reasons why you have to trust it these are the reasons why this need to be done this way even though you don't like it um and just i don't know just like empathy i guess or like you'd be sympathetic to the the situation and just you know there are there, there are ups and downs and they're just like it's it's um What's the word I'm looking for? There's got to be like give and take, you know? And I think that it also just comes with age, like being younger, maybe fresh out of school, you have a lot of ideas about creativity and art, um, especially where commercial creative <laughs> uh, ventures are concerned. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that you should like lose that fire, but you got to kind of temper, it just becomes tempered with reality. You're like, oh, okay, I understand why this was this way yeah. i don't necessarily agree with maybe how it was executed or how they went about explaining it to me but it's just because maybe they weren't able to bridge that gap because they don't they don't have the same experience of like you know maybe going to art school or like you know 
they're just coming from a different place. So, um, and I think that the other benefit of that is that um, it helps us to speak with our clients and the people that we do projects with and that we want to work with in a way where it's just kind of like, oh, okay, like seeing both sides, you know, being a boss, kind of understanding the account side, understanding the bottom line, understanding everything in a given brief, but also coming at it from a creative angle. Like it's like a good hybrid, I think. It's, yeah, hopefully the people under you see it that way. Yeah, I hope so too. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe they're going to listen to this and just be like, this guy is so full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> just going to like, it's going to just r- bubble to the surface a couple months from now. Somebody's going to be like, hey, I was listening to this podcast and uh, I do not agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, have th- I'll have them on a year later and they'll be like, I'm going to start my own agency and here's how <laughs> yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, hey, man. I mean, that I... I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, time's a flat circle and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, anything exciting going on? I know that you had said that you were running some sort of live drawing thing uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot, there's lots of cool stuff going on. We got some pretty interesting projects both within Wisp, which I don't even know if I've mentioned so far as the name of uh, our agency or little creative shop. But W-Y-S-P um, dot C-A. Yeah. That is correct. Dot C-A the is plug. the important part. Yeah. You know. Wisp. Um, but yeah, I did. Uh, I did some work with a, a local Toronto uh, sort of community organization, uh, community organization uh, called Jimmy Esplanade, um, which is like a neighborhood in Toronto that's very uh, dear to me. I mm-hmm. I live uh, sort of on the cusp of it, and it's still probably like my favorite sort of community and neighborhood in the city. And um, I've done a couple projects with them, but we have this sort of ongoing life interactive painting series happening uh, happened this past weekend happened again mid-July again mid-August um, where they have these movie nights and it's just sort of getting kids and community members to express questions of identity <laughs> it's it seems heavy but we're, we're doing we're just trying to get people thinking about these things it's a very diverse community right um, and to think sort of outside the box beyond just maybe like name a name or a color and use art to sort of communicate um, how they connect with identity. Mm-hmm. So that that was pretty good. And then we also have this, um, you may have heard of the streetcar safety mural situation, which was an idea that we pitched, um, Lucas and I pitched last year mm-hmm. uh, in the Next City competition, Next City Prize, um, which is basically a another not-for-profit organization in the city that works to uh, reimagine public space or work with creatives around the city to reimagine public space in Toronto. Um, so we've been working with the, with Next and uh, the city of Toronto um, and just sort of various parties trying to see how we can make this idea a reality or at least prototype it and do, do a test pilot. Uh, it's going pretty well. They just had a, uh, a community meeting. It's going to hopefully... Uh, be launched as part of the King Street pilot, mm-hmm. uh, which if your any listeners are unfamiliar with the King Street pilot proposal, just Google King Street pilot Toronto. Um, I keep thinking about Hal Jordan. You said test pilot and I was like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, they're going to be, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interest. It's, I think it's a great project. Uh, I really look forward to seeing more things like it in Toronto. It still has to go to council at the time of this recording. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed that um, 
It's not just a bunch of account reps running that fucking <laughs> council, right? Well, that, yeah, right? I think it, it has a lot of support. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, it's got a lot of public support, and uh, people have been you know reached out to uh, artists have reached out to us that want to participate, and uh, I don't know, it's got a it's got a bit of a momentum behind it. So you know, uh, I guess just look out for that. That that would be something that we'd probably be working on late fall and maybe into next year, but we don't know those details for sure yet. So I'm not going to make any promises. So check back on wisp.ca. Yeah, we'll have some news up there for sure about it. And uh, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask you in the closing moments of this podcast about podcasting. Hmm. Because you yourself are a podcaster, speaking of emerging forms of expression. Question mark? I was going to say art, but expression is probably better. I think it's... Great. Sorry, I don't know if that was your question. No, my, qu- your my question is, uh, how did you get involved in that? Although I know the answer yeah. to that question. Uh, it was the brainchild of uh, you and I believe Daryl. Daryl Grant, were we uh, just having a conversation about how I am ex- incredibly opinionated when it comes to uh, yeah, I mean, media in general, like the, movies and comics and shit like that? For, for me, the situation was I wanted to start a podcast and I, I, don't, I wasn't comfortable doing it on my own mm-hmm. and I assumed that you would be a good host based on our, our conversations and then Daryl actually is the one who came up with the idea for the show yeah so, so he was That's like right. oh you should you know this is what the show should be about and we're yeah. like oh yeah that's that's pretty good yeah and uh have you have you how do you i mean we don't really talk about podcasting i mean we talk about oh we got to do an episode or whatever mm-hmm. but how do you have how do you have you taken to it how do you find the whole exercise i love it i find it you don't have to love it i don't have to love it i just do love it i find it maybe more cathartic than i should maybe it should be a little bit less i don't know inward looking and more you know but i um you know i'm a talker anybody who knows me knows that i can talk at length about pretty much anything and not really give other people too much space in the conversation i'll go i'm I'm known to go on is what i'm saying are you surprised about it about what like how you've taken to it a little only because because i i don't think it was on the radar no i like i've been hearing people talk about podcasts going back to like when the ipod you know like when sort of when they were first picking up a little bit of steam in certain like corners of the of the internet and right, like you know when, when they were first coming to fruition is like yeah. radio on demand or something yeah exactly in school and i i've never been one for audiobooks or even really radio shows or anything like that and i you know even more recently with these you know huge kind of um mainstream podcasts that everybody talks about and everybody's like you have to listen to this it's amazing yeah. i never listen to any of them mm-hmm. so it was very much something where you know i was like i if I'm going to read a book, I'm going to read a book. I don't need an audio book. If I'm going to have a conversation, I'll have a conversation. You know, and I was just like, yeah, it was basically I was like James Franco and Pineapple Express when <laughs> uh, Seth Rogen is talking about talk radio. Yeah. And James Franco just is like, are you out of your fucking mind? But then at the end, at the end, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, you. this is actually cool. And you'd be really good at this. That's kind of was my exact same. uh I don't know, same situation. So I'm a bit surprised, but um, even still, I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts. I really like Bill Simmons. Yeah, Um, the BS podcast. The BS podcast. I I like it because he, well, there's a lot of reasons I like it, but I just think he's great at uh, 
his depth of knowledge, I feel some sort of like his ability to talk about anything. He's yeah. like, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the 2017 NBA draft. And this is my guest. But then like, they'll be referencing like obscure late 80s or early 90s, like, you know, cinema that has nothing to do with basketball or talking about rap music or whatever it may be. Right. And it's like, and I love it. And he's not a particularly funny guy, but he has a lot of funny guests on and he knows how to make them funny. Totally. And he's very deadpan about uh, yeah. almost everything which is um yeah and i like that it's called the bs podcast there's so like i feel like he's a very no bs guy which is i feel like has gotten him in trouble oh yeah many times in the past but it's great i love it take it to him take it to him bill nice well um, i yeah. think that um is that about do it i think people have a good idea of what's going on with andrew these days is there any sort of parting nuggets that you want to leave us with keep loving it i don't know i don't know man Nah, i mean i think we we covered a lot of it a little bit of history a little bit of now a little bit of the future yeah. just uh check out wisp check out the you gotta love it podcast at podcast.buns.com um yeah check out uh, the esplanade what was the thing uh so the organization is called uh Jim, it's j-a-m-i-i esplanade um but they, you know, usually they do an event for Nuit Blanche in Toronto each year. And uh, the dates for the next movie nights escape me. But we might be able to link that um, in the notes In the notes, if people want to come out and uh, check that out. But yeah, I don't know. Just uh, be cool, man. Everybody just chill out. We live in a very stressful time. We thankfully didn't talk about any of that stuff on this. But uh, yeah. just be good to each other, you know? I think that's a... Your next podcast is just everyone calm the fuck down. Oh, I could talk about that for days. The everyone calm the fuck down podcast. Yeah. In which you get a really angry person to come in and you calm them the fuck down. I don't know that I would be good at that. I think <laughs> I would escalate things. They'd be like really angry and I'd be like, okay, <laughs> don't be angry. And it would just have that effect when you tell somebody who's yeah. angry not to be angry. It just infuriates them. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks for sitting down and chatting with us. I hope. Uh, thanks for having me. You buns out there have learned a little something about my, um, what did I say? Chinese Mexican friend. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll let you, we'll let you figure that out if you decide to do any research at all into the matter. Um, yeah. With, yeah. Check it out. Check out wisp, wisp.ca and yeah. patterson.ca if you want to see some of my old personal artwork because I need to update it and, uh, you got to yeah. love it. I mean, you don't have a deviant art page or whatever. Yeah, I did for a very long time. It might no, it's probably not still there. They do they decommission those? Like what? I have no idea. Fucking, we should check that out after. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell anybody on this podcast what it is. Yeah, but if we you should can just find immediately it. go. Yeah, <laughs> I remember exactly what it was. Nice. Uh, anyway, love you guys. Said to me by David Wood. He is in a band called Good Kid. So the song is going to be called No Move. That's N O M U. If you search Good Kid on YouTube or just go to goodkidofficial.com, you can find out all about the band and their merch. And uh, whoever does their art is uh, pretty sweet. They are a Canadian indie rock band based in Toronto. The band was formed in 2014. 
Many of the band's influences come from early 2000s fast-paced indie rock, including Block Party, The Strokes, and Tokyo Police Club. Here is No Me. A tangled mess of not sacrifice, but the intent was there. I swear he said our sights on something that we thought was true. So now we sit and stare across a surface spanning the whole state. Two feet between and miles apart. No one's to speak better. All we can see, we haven't got a clue. It falls apart. It's not our heart to beat the hell. It falls apart. It's not. It's not a 